Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, February 19th, 2024. Stand up for your country. I almost forgot stand up for your country. You know, we're living in a time of deception, both personal and national deception. And it it pains me. Um, I'm a truth teller. I think you know that. You wouldn't be here if you didn't believe that, because this is a discretionary thing watching the No Spin News, going to BillOReilly.com. you got plenty of the choices, and we know that. But to me, uh, i got to shoot straight. Okay, i got to talk straight, i got to back it up, and I do. But I see all around me people getting hurt in policy and personally because of lies and deception. And the truth is getting harder and harder to ascertain because the media whose job is to present the truth, is corrupt, and you don't get it. And you all know that. How many examples do we have to give? So one of the reasons that corruption is prospering is because there is no watchdog anymore over people who are misleading you. In fact, the media, corporate media, is in the forefront of the deception. So it's like, The founding fathers said, okay, freedom of press, because we want the folks to get honest information. Well, that's gone in most cases. Kansas City, Missouri, is a great example of this. And that is the subject of this evening's Talking Points memo. So you'll remember that last Wednesday, Valentine's Day, at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City, We had 22 people injured, one killed by gunfire. 
Almost immediately, the gunmen were taken into custody. Two have been charged. They are minors. Okay? They're in the Jackson County Family Court System. And they have been charged. All right? Now, there are others that are being looked at. But we don't know anything about these people. Okay? Five days after they were taken into custody. We know nothing about them. The Kansas City authorities are hiding behind the minor thing. But we don't need their names or their faces. We just need to know why they shot the place up. Some background, okay? Forget it. We're not getting it. And so, speculation from the media is running wild. I'm going to walk you through this. Remember, this is five days after this shooting. This is what the LA Times says in an editorial. Republicans double down on street crime, criticize Democrats as supposedly being too soft on the shooter. But all gun violence, even now, as homicide rates plummet, inflicts terror. The foreign agents and domestic white supremacists who want to destroy the United States are achieving their goal. Or rather, American gun policy and Americans with guns are achieving it for them. Unquote. How irresponsible is that? Injecting white supremacists into this latest case, when there's nothing at all to indicate any ideology in the case. Nothing. Now, the LA Times is going out of business. And the reason is, it is so radical left that even the liberal LA people can't stand it anymore. When you go to extremes, Moderate people, clear-thinking people go, no. That's why it's going out of business. White supremacists? Now, the governor of Missouri, Mike Parson, said last week that the shooting happened and some thugs, his word, ruined the parade. Well, that did not sit with the mayor of Kansas City, Quentin Lucas, roll it. I disagree strongly with uh, how he would describe that situation. I, I certainly do think this was criminal activity. It was lawlessness. And I think that uh, that's troubling. But thugs is a dog whistle in the most classic sense. And I have seen this dog whistle time and again. There's this kind of giant conservative theory on social media now that the reason that monk shots haven't been shown is because the purported defendants are black and if it were a white defendant, we would have just shown them. That is absolutely preposterous. There are protections to juveniles. Okay, but we don't need to see the mugshots. What we need is to the Kansas City police to define why the alleged murderers did what they did. Why are you charging them? Who are they? Are they gang members? 
I suspect they are. Are they minorities? I suspect they are. Because if they were white, even though the mayor says, oh, no, you bet. Okay? And, you know, very few people will say that. Because you're racist if you say that. But most of the drug gangs committing most of the homicides with guns are minorities. Fact. So conservative and Coulter address this. Go. We don't know who did this shooting, by the way, the, the, the Super Bowl shooting. We have we, some idea. What? If it were a white man shooting, we'd know. Who? Well, we don't know. But they, I mean, they That's how we know it's not a white man, I can tell you that much. But you think they were, they were repressing that reporting? They wouldn't tell us about the um, transgender woman that shot up the Christian school for what, like a year? Um, oh, San Bernardino out here. Remember the crazy terrorist Muslims? I, that's when I first noticed, hmm, they're not telling us who it is. I, it's not a white male. The longer they go without telling you, it's not a white male. Okay, her opinion, but it's not a wrong opinion. So, there is no excuse for the police and the city of Kansas City not to tell the people what happened here. Again, you don't have to give the names of the minor, you don't have to show their mugshots. What happened? This is being censored. We'll follow it. Okay. Another Kansas City thing. Remember when they watching the Super Bowl, these guys, uh, three of them died and were frozen in the backyard of some guy's house? The guy's house is Jordan Willis. Okay, he's alive. His three friends, David Harrington, Clayton McGinney, and Ricky Johnson, are dead. All right. Well, how did they die? Well, the authorities don't really want to tell us how they died. However, there have been autopsies. And apparently they had drugs in their blood system, um, including fentanyl. Now, they weren't out in the backyard when they were taking the drugs. They're in the house. Somebody moved them in the backyard. Well, Nobody's been charged. Mr. Willis is in drug rehab. Um, what's this all about? We don't know. Won't tell us anything. Why are they censoring this? Because if they aggressively pursue this, they'd have to arrest the drug dealer. Who sold them the fentanyl? There's no arrests. Okay? This happened. Do I have a date on this? Um, No, I don't have a date on it. I should have a date on it, but I don't. So it's what? The Super Bowl was February 4th, something like that. Um, They don't want to, the cops, they don't want to do it. They don't want to investigate drug deaths, because it's too hard. They have to find a drug dealer, they have to do this, they have to do that. Um, They don't want to do it. 
So just leave it there. <laughs> this is happening more and more and more and more. And there's no minority presence here. These are all white guys. No minorities in here. But I want to know who sold them the drugs. Don't you? Who's the dope dealer that sold them the fentanyl and killed three people? Shouldn't the cops want to know that? Shouldn't they be asking for our help to identify that drug dealer? Yeah. No. Tamp it down. Tamp it down. Tamp it down. This is corruption. Really makes me angry. So we're going to follow both of these things. Um, it's really, but it's happening everywhere. Everywhere. You get minority drug gangs involved in crime. Media's not going to report it. And we have given you the stats time and time and time again. Last week, we did a whole segment on it. Overwhelmingly, the gun crimes in this country are committed by minorities, not white supremacists. Ugh, that's the memo. All right, President Biden didn't do anything today. This is what the fourth day in a row he didn't do anything. Um, the rest of the week, he's going out to California to raise more money. Okay, so big dog and pony show. He gets lots of money when he goes out there. He's not doing anything. The whole week he's going to be out there. He's going to be L.A., San Francisco, Los Altos Hills. Money, 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 money. Not running the country. Biden victory fund. Uh, Friday, we don't know. But we know he's going to be out there most of the week. On Saturday, Biden was speaking to some of the reporters that follow him around in Delaware, and he said this, go. The idea that we're going to walk away from Ukraine, the idea that we're going to let NATO begin to split, is totally against the interests of the United States of America, and it is against our word we've given for, since Trump sent all the way back to Eisenhower. So it's about time we make sure that Congress come home and pass the legislation funding NATO. Funding NATO. He wanted to say funding Ukraine. He doesn't know what he's saying. Now, I have been hesitant to do this, but I'm not going to be anymore. Because now, as I told you, he is in steep cognitive decline. And the more evidence I can present, I'm going to present it. Anybody can make a slip like that. I make slips all the time, but not consistently. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to the Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donald Trump selling sneakers. Okay. So he's got some kind of thing uh, to make money. And he, he goes, or he, I don't know whether, he, was he there? I don't know. Uh, yes, he was. He went to Philadelphia to Sneaker 
con, sneaker con. And he's got sneakers, never surrender, high top sneakers, $400. <laughs> I'll surrender at $400. i am not paying more than $100 for my sneakers. I'm, I'm sorry. I got nice sneakers. I get them for like $70, $75. $70. I'm not paying $400 for a sneaker. But anyway, he sold out. So he's over there. Uh, and he's making money selling sneakers. Okay. Fannie Willis update. All we have for you is that the judge, McAfee, uh, is going to make a decision whether to boot Fannie Willis off the case late this week or early next. Okay? And um, obviously everybody is going to be curious to, uh, to see how the judge handles it. But I wanted to find out what the political climate is in um, Fulton County, Atlanta. So joining us from there is Dr. John Philippe Acevedo, teaches at Emory University School of Law. Nice to have you, doctor. So to me- Thank you so much for having me. I'm an outsider, but I know Fulton County, been there many times. To me, if I'm the judge, based upon what I heard in the courtroom, I boot Miss Willis off the case because there's just too much extracurricular activity on a very important case like this that is a total distraction and open up, opens up avenues of appeal by the Trump lawyers. So I boot her. Am I wrong? Yeah, so Judge McAfee really suggested that he was going to consider that as well. So last Monday before any of the witness testimony began, he said he was worried not only about actual conflicts of interest, but the appearance of conflicts of interest. So I don't think you're wrong. I think this is something on his mind. Uh, I don't envy his decision. But yeah, in criminal law in general, we don't want the appearance of impropriety. Okay. So judges have to make these decisions all the time about right and wrong, legal, illegal. So I'm sitting there, again, not a lawyer, never want to be a judge, but I'm seeing two people, the district attorney and her top investigator, involved in a romantic relationship during the investigation of Donald Trump and 19 others for vote interference. I'm seeing $700,000 paid to the boyfriend through Fannie Willis's office. And I'm seeing Ms. Willis take at least five luxury trips paid for by the boyfriend. To me, that opens up an investigation because if she didn't reimburse him, that would be illegal, correct? It's interesting. So here the receiving of gifts itself is not, it's the failure to disclose. And it's not clear she disclosed to anyone that she received these gifts. If she reimbursed them, then obviously there's nothing to disclose, there is no gift. But under Georgia law, if she received gifts and didn't disclose and didn't reimburse, uh, then she would be running afoul uh, of the Georgia disclosure rules. Okay, so here I am. I'm the judge again. 
And Ms. Willis comes in and says, yes, I reimburse for these trips in cash. I'm going, yeah, and- nobody does that. And if you did it in cash, let's see your withdrawal slip from the bank because these trips were into the thousands of dollars. She says, I didn't withdraw money from the bank. I had it in, in my, under my bed because that's what black people do. I'm sorry, doctor. I'm not buying that as a judge. I'm not buying any of it at all. How about you? Yeah, so this is an interesting point she raised. It certainly flies in the face of anything most of us do in 2024. Uh, I myself struggle to have $10 in my pocket to tip someone if I need to. Uh, Almost everything we do today is in credit cards, on our phones. The only part of it that kind of rang true was that her father was a 70s activist. Uh, And if you look at the activists from that era, a lot of them did afford cash in case they had to flee the government uh, on short notice. Again, does that translate to a district attorney in present-day Atlanta? It's certainly out of the norm for most people in their everyday experience, but that's when I'm going to be left to the judge to determine uh, if he believes her. Uh, her father took the stand to back her up, uh, so we'll see. No, her father doesn't know. He's just being a theoretician. Now, there is word that the judge is under heavy pressure because of the political climate in Fulton County. It's a very left-wing county, very heavily Democrat. And that if he sanctions Miss Willis, that his career could be in jeopardy. What do you think about that? It's interesting, and this kind of hits to your point early on. He's having to balance uh, not wanting to get overturned on appeal. One thing judges don't want to do is go through an entire trial and then see an appeals court throw it out and have to start over. It's a massive waste of their time, money, effort, uh, irritates the jurors. So he really isn't a bind here. Of you know, he doesn't want to prematurely sanction uh, the district attorney's office. But on the other hand, to let it go all the way through and then have it overturned because he didn't remove her uh, is a huge cost as well. And what are the odds, in your opinion, being, you know, a, a legal scholar, if she, she stays on the case and it goes through and there is a conviction, what are the odds of it being overturned? From the evidence we've had now, again, assuming no new evidence, I think the odds are not great for being overturned. The odds of it being appealed are absolutely. Uh, I think any defense lawyer would uh, appeal this. Uh, It'd be, I think, malpractice not to appeal it. If you're the defense counsel, you have to zealously advocate for your clients. Uh, And that's whether it's a former president or just an average citizen. So I I think here, again, even that review is going to cause issues. Uh, And again, you mentioned the political climate. I think the judge is mindful of that in two ways. On the one hand, uh, they're elected officials. They are going to run for re-election. On the other hand, you don't want to have a criminal trial and conviction in which the majority of people believe it's unfair because that'll undermine the entire criminal justice system. Yeah, but that breaks down on ideological uh, run. Final question. If this goes ahead and Fannie Willis does prosecute um, and she gets her convictions, 20 of them involved, and say she gets the lion's share, including Mr. Trump. It'll go to federal court after state court. If state turns down the appeals, it definitely go into the federal system with all of this stuff. Would it not? 
Yeah, the all criminal defendants can appeal if they have a federal issue to yep. the Supreme Court, and this would be a federal issue. It would be due process rights, that there was double dealing, a financial improprieties would be what the defense would argue, and that most certainly could go to the Supreme Court. Okay, so wrapping up our discussion, and I want to thank you for being very straightforward, by the way, is a good discussion. If you're a judge and you know that, you know all of the problems that Ms. Willis has caused herself. Nobody else caused these problems. She did it. You move her out. If you're looking out for the cause of justice and the state of Georgia. That's my conclusion. Uh, and I think that's uh, one of the two we can reach. I mean, you think about it, this is an ungle. I, I don't think we can describe it any other way. Even if she's allowed to stay on the case, the jury pool is tainted against her to some degree. There's folks here in Fulton County already calling for a review of her other cases, particularly the supporters of Young Thug, uh, which is also a RICO indictment. Uh, so in that sense, the damage is done. Uh, in, yeah. in many ways to this case. I, I just want to, uh, yeah, I want to clarify to the audience. There's a guy named Young Thug, big kind uh, rapper in Atlanta. She went after him. Obviously, his people don't like her, so they're using this to uh, advance his cause. Hey, doctor, thanks very much. We really appreciate it. Um, I can't make a prediction on this. I mean, I know what the right thing is. You get Fanny out of there. But the politics, boy, and as we have here in New York State, too, I mean, that judge fining Trump $400 million, I mean, that's, that'll go into the federal system. And I, it's not going to stand. You can't. That's not equal justice for all. That's insane. All right. Joe Manchin, senator from West Virginia, who's not running for the election, says he is not going to run as a 30 party, as we predicted he would not. It's too late. It's too late. You can't get on all the ballots. You can't raise the money. You can't get the staff. So he's not going to do it. Maybe next time we need a third party in this country. Smart life. Okay. So abuse of power. What is troubling me as an American, not as a journalist or anything like that, but as an American, is now in our current state here of this country, there are places like California, New York, Illinois, and other states, Washington State. Oregon is actually snapping back a little because anarchy there has reached such a high level. There are places that you cannot get justice, states that you can't get it because the politics is intertwined with the district attorney, the attorney general, all of that. This Trump thing never should have been brought. And I'm not saying this because I'm no Trump or anything like that. I wouldn't care if it was Biden. If they were doing this to Biden, I'd say the same thing. All right. They are trying to ruin people in a political arena with whom they disagree by using statutes, criminal and civil statutes. That, you can't do that. Now, how do you put an end to it? Because the voters here in New York, where I am, they continue to vote for liberal people. And in California, it's gone. That's never coming back. Illinois is gone because of Chicago. So I'm watching this country, not everywhere, 
I mean, pretty soon it's going to be traditional conservative people are going to move to these states, liberal people are going to stay in these states. But there's not, it's not like, you know, we can pursue happiness on an equal basis in every state. Because the civil and criminal justice systems are falling apart under the weight of corruption. Fannie Willis is corrupt. She's corrupt. She doesn't have any, any business prosecuting this case. You don't do that. I don't believe for a second she reimbursed the boyfriend. Not for a second. Oh, he gave him cash. Oh, bull. I could be wrong, I guess, but I don't think so. Anyway, smart life is this. If you're in a position where you're surrounded by corruption, you got to get out. You got to go. Now, you say, hey, O'Reilly, you're staying in New York. It's true. Because I got family, I got business, I got tradition, I got a million things. Now, Hannity, who lived 10 miles away from me, he's out. He's gone. Because he's a different situation for him. Both family-wise and his kids are out of state. My kids are not. So I'm not being a hypocrite. But I am saying to you, if you are in a position where you think you're oppressed and you think if something happens to you, you're not going to get a fair shot, get out. Big country. George Santos suing Jimmy Kimmel. Interesting story. So Santos, grifter number one, he and Hunter Biden, same level of grift. All right. So he makes money by doing uh, things for your cell phone. Little, you know, hello, somebody, they call them cameos. So Kimmel, uh, not saying that he's Kimmel, sets up a sting on Santos. Okay. Roll the tape. Uh, the request was, George, please congratulate my friend Gary Fortuna for winning the Clearwater, Florida beef eating contest. He ate almost six pounds of loose ground beef in under 30 minutes, which was a new record. Not feeling great right now. Doctor thinks he'll be released from the hospital soon. Please wish him a speedy recovery. All right. Will Santos say it? Let's find out. Hey, Gary Fortuna. George Santos here. I just wanted to stop by to congratulate you for winning the Clearwater, Florida beef eating contest. Eating six pounds of loose ground beef in under 30 minutes is a all-time new record, which is amazing and impressive. So Santos is suing him. Santos not going to win because Santos is in New York. Now, even if Santos is in Mississippi or Arkansas, he wouldn't win. It's obviously satire. So that'll, he, Santos got some lawyer to take it. He's not paying a lawyer or anything. Lawyer think he might get some settlement out of ABC. They're not going to get a dime. All right, this say in history, fab, uh, very interesting uh, historical story. February 19th, 1847. It's a group of pioneers, okay? And um, they start out in Springfield, Illinois, capital of the state, home of, uh, of Abraham Lincoln. And they want to go to California. It's 1847, before the gold rush, but they, they want to go out from Illinois. So they go across the country. Right? They start out with 31 people. And by the time they hit the Rocky Mountains, they got 87 people on this little wagon train going across. So they get into the Sierras, and they get hit with a snowstorm, and they're stranded. 
and their supplies are out. Okay? So there's 29 men, 15 women, 43 children. And they are surrounded by snow, trapped, can't get out. A rescue party goes to get them and finds them. Actually, find, which is a miracle in itself. But, but they don't find all of them because some of them were dead. And the survivors apparently practice cannibalism. It's the Donner Party. So 177 years ago today, the first group of rescuers found the Donner Party and discovered this horror. Look it up. Gruesome. Okay, let's uh, take a quick break. We got some mail, and we got a final thought on President's Day, um, which I think you'll enjoy. Right back. Okay, let us uh, go to the mail. Jim Thompson, Loveland, Colorado. Bill just read your new column that asks if Trump can win the election. Hard to imagine President Trump choosing his battles more carefully because he wants revenge. You're correct. People will vote for Biden to keep Trump out of the White House. You know, I fear that. I wish Trump would pivot into being more of a statesman. But I understand that he's got to stand up for himself. But he got to bring in his policy successes during his four years to a much more visible degree if he wants to win the election. Linda Rudd, Juno, Alaska. Since there are no victims in the New York state civil case, who gets the $350 million? The state of New York gets it. Just to pay it right into the Treasury. Larry LaDuke, Frankfurt, Michigan. Bill, forget about asylum. What are the existing laws dealing with crossing the border illegally? Nobody ever talks about the laws already on the books. I know this is a right-wing thing about enforce the laws on the books, but it's chaos. There are a million different laws in a million different circumstances. And now there's really only one law that matters. Every single migrant that crosses asks for asylum because they know as soon as they do that, they'll be released into the country. But the whole immigration across the border, southern and northern, because now we reports today that we're coming in from Canada too, has to be revamped. Whole thing. Okay? You don't, got to continue to have this. John McGreat, Lynn Haven, Florida. Why doesn't our government freeze George Soros' money in the U.S. so he can't help liberal DAs destroy America? Because that would be illegal. You can't just freeze somebody's money. <laughs> Come on, this isn't Putin here. I get mail like that all the time. How oh, did they arrest George Soros? On what? He's got 10 lawyers. Okay, we just say you can do this, you can't do that. This is the way you do it. It's how you get around it. Freeze. Steve Young, Johnston, Iowa. No doubt Biden has made inflation worse, but Trump would have had much higher inflation in his second term due to post-COVID economic conditions. Not necessarily. Trump got out of office 1.6% inflation, and he was already two years into COVID. And I don't, I don't think Trump would have gotten behind all of those giant trillion-dollar spending bills that Biden did. He might have done some of it, Remember, most of the COVID money for Trump went to the pharmaceuticals 
to develop the vaccines. So I, I didn't see it. And you would have seen more of it, by the way, in 2020, January, uh, if, it, if Trump ignited inflation, you would have seen a higher rate than one sixth. Tim Blackburn, Niagara Falls, New York. Appreciate your sentiment on not wanting to live to 100 years old. I'm almost 70. Very aware of my mortality. I engage my elderly peers in active discussions, and some want to live forever. I found that people who have faith are the ones that don't want to live to 100. Well, I think there's something to that. So if you believe that there is a better place and you're a good person, then you're not as nervous that if you're Hitler, okay, and you, there is, you're going down. People who have no faith, I mean, there's nothing, they're not looking forward to anything because they think once they're dead, that's it. So it makes sense. Uh, Anna, concierge member, Anna gets a private line to me, and I will help Anna if anything befalls her. I'm praying for divine intervention at this time in history. May God help our country. Well, that's good. We need divine intervention, and we've gotten it here in America a lot. So hopefully we'll get it again. Joanne, concierge member. Um, Joanne is under my protection as well. Enjoy the photo gallery. Thank you for sharing. Oh, I am a sharing kind of guy. Um, we have, I don't know, about 20 pictures of me all over the world on BillOReilly.com. It's free. You don't have to be a member of anything. Good shots. Well, check it out. Rod, Bill, great photos. Love the international travel. We lived overseas in Southeast Asia, the Middle East, and South Africa for 11 years. I've only made it to 75 countries. Well, Rod, you, you're way ahead in 95% of the Earth's population. I'm, I'm at 86 Soon to be 87 because I'm going to Malta, where I have not been. Um, but travel is the way to learn, no doubt about it. John Messersmith, Queensland, Australia. Bill, having read with interest Killing Crazy Horse and the 1868 election, Republican President Grant just received a minority of white votes. However, the deciding factor was black votes cast in his favor. Wondering when the black majority vote shifted to the Democratic Party. So, rightly, uh, you know more about the USA, John, than probably most Americans do. So Grant was a Republican. And he won the election, as John pointed out, because the new black voters all went to Grant because Grant freed them as the primary general in the Civil War. The shift from black voters from Republican voting to Democrat voting was gradual. And it happened uh, in the early 20th century when Southern agrarian blacks migrated to big cities in the North, Detroit, New York, those cities, Washington, D.C. And the Democratic Party shifted it's anti-black. The Democratic Party was anti-black up until about 1900. Shifted into a more benevolent, um, liberal point of view. That, but it was gradual. And under FDR, that's when it exploded.
When Roosevelt started giving out the entitlements, boom, 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 boom. Um, okay. So uh, I'm going to tell you about uh, confronting the presidents in a moment in the final thought, because it's President's Day, and I'm going to give you a few little preview here. But you can pre-order uh, Confronting the Presidents on BillOReilly.com. We will not bill you until uh, we ship the book to you, which will be in late August. book comes out officially September 10th. Okay? And if you read this book, you will learn more about your country in one book than you have known your entire life. And I'm going to back that up. We also have a very special today, President's Day special, Killing Kennedy, the United States of Trump, and a no-spin mug for $59.95. So stock up on gifts. Uh, if you haven't read those two books, you'll like them. But this is a good deal. And uh, Tuesday midnight, it stops, so you got to get it in now. Killing Crazy Horse, we got for $12.95. Uh, that's a real special uh, offer. And the word of the day, do not be supercilious. One word, S-U-P-E-R, supercilious, C-I-L-I-O-U-S. I use that word to confuse my uh, adversaries. All right, back with the final thought on President's Day. Okay, let's go to the final thought, President's Day federal holiday, Lincoln, Washington, okay. Um, as I mentioned, confronting the presidents, um, no spin assessments from Washington to Biden. Um, in this book, we tell you who these men are or were, okay, all of them all 45 of them, and whether they helped or hurt the country, one or the other. And it's no spent. I don't care what the party is. But just, I'm, I'm editing it now. We're finished writing it. Editing is so laborious, I can't even tell you. But I'll give you a couple of headlines. George Washington's mother didn't like him. <laughs> Where do you see this? All right. Thomas Jefferson, not a good guy. Not, smart guy, not a good guy. Okay, Abraham Lincoln contemplated suicide. Seriously. Okay, Edith Wilson, Woodrow's wife, ran the country for 18 months. Nobody knew. And then we have special, at the end of it, assessments of Trump and Biden. Now, Martin Dugard and I, he's the co-author, we see it differently on Trump and Biden. So we got that. Ben, and you can, you can see it was a better argument, Dugard or me, on both men. So you're going to love this book. I think this is going to be an enormous bestseller. Um, it is uh, longer than the usual killing books, starts our confronting series. Um, so I wish it was almost September now so we could have this book out, we could be discussing it. You'll like it a lot. Thank you for watching and listening to the No Spin News on this President's Day. We'll see you tomorrow.